Good evening, New Hope Community Church. If we can make our way back to our seats as we get ready to step into the presence of the Lord. My apologies on a late start, but God is always here and he's always moving. And he is always on time and he shows up whenever, however. Tonight, obviously, we're down a few people, but that does not mean anything. We're still going to just worship and give our Father everything that we have, right? But I'm going to need you guys for my help. And I want you guys to just give our, our God some praise in this room tonight. Because he deserves everything. He deserves it all. So as we're worshiping tonight, uh, I ask that you guys just, just, just we're just going to be relaxed tonight. And just be smooth and just, just speak with the Lord and hang out with our Father. You know what I mean? Just, just get a better relationship with him tonight so that that requires you guys to speak to him that requires you guys to ask some questions that requires you guys to to empty yourselves to die to yourself that require you guys to to stand up and give him praise and not just stay still and stagnant right because he deserves it all our God has done so many things for all of us in this room all of us in this room and I can see it I can see it on you guys' faces of just the stories that you guys have of what God has got you out of and the things that he has put you, got you through and the stories of how God has just saved you through so many trials and tribulations. That's how we know he's here and he's real. So I just ask that you guys tonight just to help me, just help me worship our father and give him what we have so that, so that he knows that we're just not doing this for the fame or we're just not doing this for the fortune. We're just not doing this for whatever we have our mindset for, that we're just doing this all for him. There's nothing coming out of this but his glory and his glory only so dear heavenly father tonight lord i ask that you just clear our minds right now as we get ready to step into your presence and we get ready to seek you father and ask you questions lord father we want nothing else but you and nothing else but your spirit and nothing else but your lord i mean nothing else but your love lord you are great you are great your power is strong your power is mighty father so i ask that you just fill us up with it father fill us up with it tonight lord so that we can just soak with you in your, in your spirit and just wrap our arms around you and just hold you and gain that intimate relationship that you have with us, Father. I just thank you for all those times that you've just been there when we weren't even thinking that you were there, Father. All those times that you were beside us, all those times that you were with us, Lord, I thank you. And I thank you that you're going to continue to be with us in every single season, every single trial, and every single trouble. God, I thank you tonight, Lord. I thank you tonight just for allowing us to be here, Father. And in Jesus' name, I pray and we pray. Amen. I can't say nothing but thank you, Lord. Thank you. Caught up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet. Caught up in this holy moment, I never want to leave. Oh, I'm not evil, blessed. Jesus, you don't Sorry, Lord. 
children could go ahead and be dismissed to their class. They could uh, follow Miss Sherry back there. She's going to head back, or maybe she's going to head to the front. She's going to head to the front, then to the back. All right. White shirt, that's her. We're going to go ahead and we're going to take tonight's offering. I just want us to really engage our faith. Ushers, if you want to make your way forward, well, I guess or you're already forward. just want you to engage your faith in your giving. We know that giving is how, as a church, we function. When Duquesne Light sends us a bill, I can't say, hey, I'll pray for you, right? They want their money. So that's how we pay our bills, but God has created a system that not only supports the ministry through the giving of the saints, but it's a way that you can be blessed yourself. You're actually blessed through your giving. Book of 2 Corinthians said that God provides 
the, the seed for the sower. That means he's given you something. He's given you time. He's given you ability. He's given you talent. And with that talent, you can produce. And when you produce, you're rewarded with that, with an income. But that seed, the Bible calls that seed. So we take that seed, we sow it back. And he says that he's able to take that seed and he's able to multiply that so that you'll have an abundance for every good work. Not just barely getting by, not just making it. And the mistake we made is when things tighten up, you know what, things are tight, I can't give anymore. I barely pay my bills, I better quit giving. That's just the time when you start giving and you see the miraculous work of God. Because when you know that God is your provider, that it's not your job, it's not the government, right? God is your provider. And every time the devil tries to attack your finances, you attack back and say, devil, you're not gonna shake my faith. And you go, and I'm gonna give more <laughs> and watch what God does. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for all you've provided for us. Your word says that it, it is you who give us the power to get wealth, Lord. So Lord, we thank you, Lord, that for everything that you've given us, even knowing that the, the next breath in our lungs only happens because you allow it. So Lord, we are grateful. We are grateful, Lord, that you have came that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. Lord, I pray that you would provide every provision for everything that you've placed in the heart of this ministry. Lord, that we would be able to pay everything, that we'd be able to expand, Lord, that we would, we would bear the fruit of what you would call us to do. Lord, I pray that you would bless the hands that give and bless this night. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I just wanted to touch on a couple things before um, I get into the word that I have for you tonight. Um, one of the things was is uh, on Sunday, Mother's Day, we're going to do baby dedications. Um, so if you have a child and you'd like to get them dedicated, please get a hold of me um, between now and then. And we're going to do baby dedications on Mother's Day. Um, of course, we'll have a message. Um, and in addition, I just wanted to uh, just mention um, we are supposed to participate in a community cleanup. Uh, the plan was to meet here at about 10 after 9, and then we were going to walk down together. I don't know if the weather's gonna cooperate. And so if you're wondering like, well, hey, what happens if it rains? Do we still have cleanup? Here's the answer, I don't know. I don't know. Because I emailed the person that is in charge of the cleanup and they've decided not to get back to me. So I don't know. But if there's a chance and you can make it, um, you know, 10 after 9, we'll meet here. Uh, we're just going to see what happens. Um, and then, obviously, if it's pouring down rain, you know, we're not going to walk down there. Um, but, you know, uh, 10 after 9 could really use you here, could use your help uh, to be a blessing in our community. Um, so if you can come, that would be great. We would love to see you uh, tomorrow morning. So um, I'm still continuing in my series called Ghost Stories talking about the Holy Ghost. Man, I feel like you guys are really, really spread out. I want to make you guys move forward so bad. It's just, everybody's like so spread out. Like, I feel like so far away from you. Like, if there's like 
room like in front of you, like close, thank you, thank you. You know, like if you go to any other event, like I feel like if you go to any other event, like people like they want the front seat, like they pay extra for the front seat. Like if you go, like if you go to a pirate game, the, the front seat is like, like if I'm, I've sat in the front row and you know, those tickets are like $275 or you could sit in the cheap seats for like 20 bucks, but in church, it's almost like, look, that is so, that is perfect. You guys are awesome, man. Give yourself a round of applause for actually being social and not being scared to sit by another human being. Great job. If you have your Bibles, open up to the book of Acts chapter 10, 34. My message tonight is the anointing breaks the yoke. The anointing breaks the yoke. Acts 10, 34, talking about the Holy Spirit tonight. If you're there, say amen. One person. Maybe I got time to go down and grab my water. Ten thirty-four. Ten thirty-four. And that should be in there. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, In truth I perceive that God shows no partiality. But in every nation, whoever fears him and works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, began in Galilee after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, who they killed by hanging on a tree. Him God raised up on the third day and showed him openly, not to all people, but to witnesses chosen before by God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach to the people and testify that, he, that, that it is he who was ordained by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. If you could just bow your heads and pray with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, and as we talk about the anointing, Lord, I, I pray that you would anoint me right now to preach and teach your word, Lord. I pray that this would be um, a night um, that no one would forget, a night where we would all be changed. Lord, I pray that if there's anything that is, is hindering this word, Lord, that uh, you would make sure that, that it gets unhindered. We, we bind any type of hindering spirits uh, from blocking this word, Lord. I pray you would anoint me to preach and teach. I pray that the people of God would be edified, and I pray in the name of Jesus that he would be glorified. In his name we pray, amen. So if you've looked around the church you've probably seen symbols that we are a four-square gospel church. 
And you may have heard that like, okay, yeah, they're a four square church. Maybe you don't know what it means, um, but it's just who we're associated with. And the four square church was started by a woman evangelist by the name of Amy Semple McPherson. And she was an evangelist that she would travel all around the country. She had a little car. She traveled with her two kids. They called it her gospel car. And she would travel and she would, you know, it was like in those days where they would have the big tent revival. So they would set up these big tents. She would preach. Sometimes it would be for a week. Back then what they would do is they didn't schedule. They would go to a town. They would preach until they feel that God lifted and then they would go to the next town. And basically make your living by faith. They would collect the money and hopefully that money would be enough to feed them, to put gas in the car, to get them to the next town. And she did that until God told her to plant a church in Los Angeles. So she built a church called Angelus Temple. Um, and it was one of the first churches that it wasn't a cathedral like this. Up until that time, this was in the 30s, everybody built churches that were sort of cathedrals but she built a church that was more like an amphitheater because she was like a real pioneer. She did, um, not only did she preach, but uh, they, they had excellent music and they would do illustrated sermons. So uh, she would get different uh, stories from the Bible and they would literally like have actors and they would act it out. And there was always a gospel message for salvation and, and people just flocked. And she was the first the first ever Christian radio station was owned by Amy Semple McPherson. She was a pioneer in media. And back then in the 30s, like to be on the radio was cutting edge media. You know, like we live in a time where like hardly anybody listens to the radio, right? Unless you like listen to K-Love. But as far as like talk radio and stuff, it's kind of like a little bit dead. But um, back then it was cutting edge. And so having the first radio station, having the first Christian radio station... Um, basically that broadcast went all the way from Los Angeles and reached as far as San Francisco. And people would hear this message and she would call it the four square gospel. So to her, it was just a complete ministry of Jesus Christ, that Jesus was the savior, that he was the baptizer in the Holy Spirit, that he was our healer, and that he was the soon coming king. To her, it was a complete gospel and she called it the four square gospel. And so people would hear the message and they would travel from all around to come to Angelus Temple. And they had services literally every night. They had people that would pray in this place like there never stopped being prayer. They had a room and they had people that signed up and they had a place called the upper room and they had nonstop prayer where people would be praying and interceding and those services every night would fill up and people would just get filled with the Holy Spirit. They would see amazing uh, miracles happen. I mean, they would bring, they had some nights that they called stretcher nights and they would literally, ambulances would get people who the doctor said, you know, there's just no hope for them. And they would load them in an ambulance and they would literally bring stretchers into the church and set them on the ground. And she would preach a message and then she would go around and pray for each one of those people, sometimes staying past midnight to pray for the people. And they saw miraculous things. And the last time I was in Los Angeles, they have her old parsonage. And 
her old parsonage is, is set up and different rooms kind of uh, tell the story about a different part of her ministry. And the one ministry it's dedicating to, a, a, it's dedicated to our healing ministry. And man, you just walk in there and they would have wheelchairs up on the wall and then it would have the person's name and address of who used to be in that wheelchair. They came in in a wheelchair, they got prayed for, they didn't need the wheelchair anymore, they hung it on the wall. They had uh, polio braces, the leg braces that people wore that they would come in service wearing those leg braces and those canes like walking and they would get prayed for and they would take those braces off and those canes off. And they had the people's name is kind of what we kind of started a little bit up here, you know, as people get prayed for and they get healed and they don't need those medical devices anymore. But when I was there, I can't tell you the way that I, you feel the presence of God. I mean, I sat there and I just, I just began to weep and, and you could just, and all these years later, you know, you wouldn't think that it would affect me, but you know, just seeing what happened back then, you know, I've always just prayed that God would do that kind of revival, you know, again. And, and they asked her, what is the secret of your ministry? And it wasn't her creativity, even though she was, she was very, very creative. It wasn't her ability to deliver a good sermon, although she had, you know, really good like oratorical Ability. It wasn't the worship because they had great worship. She said that the secret of the ministry was the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And, I, and I'm here to tell you tonight that the anointing isn't just for special people. It's not just like there's a couple special people that in history, like they're anointed and then the rest of us are just all called to sit in the pews and watch the anointed person. The anointing is for everyone. And listen, if we don't have the anointing, then all we have is simply philosophy. We have just another philosophy, right? We, that, that's all we have. If we don't have the anointing, then we're not the mystical body of Christ. We're just running a social club. And the Holy Spirit anointed Jesus, but Jesus made a provision so that all those who follow him can actually carry that same anointing. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about what the anointing is and how we grab hold of it. So let's start off by first asking, what is the anointing? Because a lot of people talk about what the anointing is. They'll say, oh, you know, that guy, he was really anointed. You know, like you should have seen Pastor Rick. He was so anointed. Okay, maybe you don't, but it'd be good if you did. And anyway, you know, you just see people and, and you'll hear a worship team and you'll say, oh, their worship, it was, it was so anointed. The, the message was so anointed. The atmosphere was so anointed. And so we kind of throw this word around, but, but I want to kind of define it for us. And really the anointing is the power of God to achieve a calling in your life. It's not just the power, but it's the power to achieve a calling in your life. That's truly what the anointing is. And the anointing in its literal sense, what the word means is it's a rubbing or smearing of oil. That's what it means in a literal sense that, um, that, that you're rubbed or smeared with oil. Now, 
the oil is representative of the Holy Spirit. And that's really what it represents. So just as we talked about how water baptism sort of is that physical representation of a spiritual truth that we uh, died with Christ, that we're buried with Christ and that we're raised to new life, kind of that symbol of baptism. So when you anoint somebody with oil, you're saying that the Holy Spirit is, is coming upon you. So it's, it, it's, a, it's a physical representation of something that happens in the spirit. And uh, back in the old covenant, they would anoint especially kings. So when a king was called, many times the prophet would go and anoint the king and saying that God has called you to be a king. And so they would anoint them with oil. And sometimes even like furniture and furnishings were anointed with oil because it was called to be something that was set apart for a special use. One of the uh, most um, probably well-known pictures of this anointing with oil is when David was called to be king. When the prophet uh, Samuel went to anoint David when he went to the house of Jesse and there was all these children and he said one of these is going to be the king and, and and Jesse brought every child out but kind of left you know David out in the woods with his sheep and everyone the prophet's like no that's not him that's not him that's not him that's not him and then finally when he brought David in he said you know what that's him. And he grabbed that horn of oil and, and poured it over David's head. And, you know, that's sometimes how it is. You know, just because man doesn't recognize your gifting doesn't mean God doesn't. God sees you where you're at. People may not recognize you. People might not think that you're a person that God called. But guess what? That doesn't matter with God. And so David's called and they pour the horn of oil. And that was, represent, that was representative that the spirit was going to be on him because he was called to a special calling to be the king of Israel. And here's what I want you to know. That if you're truly doing what God called you to do, it's going to be impossible for you to do it in your own strength. If you're truly doing what God called you to do, it's going to scare you. It's going to scare you because you're going to feel like there is no way possible that I am going to be able to accomplish the things that God called me to do. And the only way you're going to be able to do it is in the power of the anointing. See, when, when we're led by the Spirit, when we're listening to the Holy Spirit saying, Lord, how do you want me to live, right? When we're, when we're living by the wind, the, the, the Passion Translation says that it is the mature children of God who are led by the impulses of the Holy Spirit. That when we hear the voice of the Spirit, that we immediately were obedient and we act on it and we do what God calls us to do, even if it doesn't make sense to the world around us, even if it seems foolishness to the world around us, guess what? The, the, sometimes the things of God seem like foolishness to the natural man who doesn't understand the Spirit. But if God called you to do it, he's going to give you every single thing that you need to accomplish what he called you to do. And so that's what the anointing 
is, is all about. And, and if the anointing is the power to live off your destiny, where, how do we tap into it? Well, the anointing comes from the Holy Spirit. That's the way that we're anointed. That scripture that we read said that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So uh, Peter says in his message uh, to the family of Cornelius that um, God anointed or that, that God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. If we go to Luke chapter 4, this is where Jesus comes out of the wilderness and he gets the, the scroll of Isaiah and he reads it. And this is what he says. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And what did he anoint him to do? To preach the gospel to the poor. How many of you know that God doesn't want you to live in struggle and doesn't want you to live in lack and doesn't want you to live to where you barely have enough? And people say, well, I don't know if that really means, you know, that. Like, it's not good news to the poor if you got to stay poor. And if you've never struggled, you don't know that being a poor is a curse. Some people, they, they don't know what it is to, to be poor. They don't know what it is to have their car repoed. They don't know what it is to get their lights shut off. But, but I can tell you that if you're poor and you're struggling, it is not a blessing. It is indeed a curse. Amen. But, but, but the, the message is, is that you have a father who is your provider. And he said that, that, that I've been anointed by the Spirit to, to preach this message to the poor. And it says that he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Those bitter experiences that we have in life that, that, that break our heart, those things that we experience in life that, that, that break us and we don't think we're going to make it, the thing that almost destroys us. But Jesus heals that broken heart by not only forgiving you of your sins, but giving you the grace to forgive other people, but also taking that thing that, that, that seems like it was going to destroy you and being able to use it as a testimony so that you get rescued from the pit and now you become the rescuer and now that same thing that, that that tried to kill you now you come back and not only did it not kill you but now you have the anointing of the Holy Spirit to go out and anybody else who's struggling with that thing that you struggled with you're pulling them out of the pit amen he, he's, he's he sent me Jesus said he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. And that's how you heal a broken heart because you take the, those things that are going to destroy you and you learn to use it as a weapon against the devil. It says that, that, that he's, he was anointed to proclaim liberty to the captives. Anyone bound up by sin, any type of bondage, any type of addiction, listen to me now, every addiction was broken at the cross of Christ. Every sickness and disease was broken at the cross of Christ. All of every, every mental disorder, anxiety, it was all broken by the cross of Christ. You are not to be bound by those things anymore. 
And it says that he's, he's come, that he's been anointed to give recovery of sight to the blind. Those who can't see spiritual truths, those who the devil has blinded, Jesus had come so he might restore their sight so that they could know that there is a God who loves them, who died to forgive them, who wants fellowship with them, who wants to restore them, who wants to give them a plan and purpose for their life. He says, I've come so that those that are sitting in darkness might see a great light. They might come out of the kingdom of darkness and walk into the kingdom of light, the recovery of sight to the blind. And it says that to set at liberty to those who are oppressed, all those who are oppressed of the devil. And sometimes you know, people are struggling with things. They keep going around the same mountain. They've tried a bunch of things. They've tried, they've tried different things. And it, no matter what, they kind of seem to go back to the same destructive behaviors. And a lot of times they're oppressed by the devil. And guess what? They need deliverance. And Jesus is anointed. And what do we see in his ministry? That he heals the sick and he casts out demons. Amen. And some people are oppressed by the devil, but the good news is that Jesus came to set them free. And he has authority over every demonic spirit, over every demonic realm. Jesus is more powerful than. And it says to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And this is a reference to the year of Jubilee. And the year of Jubilee was after seven Sabbaths, right? You would have a, they're supposed to have a Sabbath year every seventh year. But after seven Sabbaths, that 50th year was supposed to be a year of Jubilee. And at that time, if you owed any debt, it's gone. Your debt is paid. Right? If, if somebody was a bond servant to somebody else or a slave, they had to be set free. So the year of Jubilee was this thing where like no matter what kind of bondage that you were under, no matter what kind of, fin if you were in financial debt, if you were in servitude, whatever it is, if somebody, if you had lost property, if you had lost your family's property and somebody foreclosed on it, it came back to you. It was like you got restored. You got a brand new fresh start in the year of Jubilee. And that's what Jesus does. He gives us a brand new, fresh start. It doesn't matter how we started. What it matters is how we finished. And when we get saved, when we give our life to Christ, we get a clean slate. Our sins are wiped away. The old man has been crucified with Christ and we live a new life resurrected under the power of God. The Bible says that it is the anointing that breaks the yoke. There's some things that an AA meeting can't do. AA meetings are good, NA meetings are good, but there's some things that they just can't do. There's some things that your counselor can't do. Their counseling is not a bad thing, but sometimes there's just some things that a counselor can't do. There's some things that a psychologist can't do. There's some things that... A doctor can't do but when the anointing begins to flow then the anointing has the power to break every chain to do things that could not be done in the natural the the yoke of slavery that is on your back will be broken when the anointing begins to flow Hallelujah. 
And if Jesus needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit to do his work, if we want to be like Jesus, then we need the anointing. Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit before he went to the cross. The moment that he was baptized in the river Jordan and the Spirit descended on him like a dove, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. He was baptized. He was led in the wilderness. He came out of the wilderness with power. That's when he read the the scripture that we talked about. And he said, today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. See, Jesus was able to be anointed with the Holy Spirit because he was sinless. And the, and, the, and the Spirit is holy, right? He's, he's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit can't dwell in a vessel that's loaded with sin. But we need the anointing. So how is all that going to work? Well, Jesus' plan was uh, not just to use his power to set the captives free while he roamed the earth and then die on a cross so we can sit around waiting to go to heaven or waiting to get raptured. No, he had a greater plan than that. He was going to die on a cross in our place for our sins so that the sin debt, the sin that we was carrying would be paid. You know, once you get saved, you're not just a sinner saved by grace. The Bible, as a matter of fact, doesn't call people who have been saved sinners. He calls them saints. That is our identity. Our identity is a saint, right? Our identity is not in a sinner. A sinner is who we used to be. But when we gave our life to Christ, all of our sins were forgiven. Past, present, future. They're cast from the east, is from the west. Your sins are gone. You put on the righteousness of Christ and in the mind of God because Jesus is our substitute and paid for your sins. In the mind of God, you're considered sinless. So guess what? Now the Holy Spirit can come and rest on you just like he rested on Jesus. The anointing is for you. The anointing is for you as well. Let's skip a little bit more uh, forward to uh, same chapter, Acts 10, 44, um, and we're just going to read a, a couple more verses. It says, when Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, then asked them to stay a few days. So there we see the three witnesses, we see the three baptism the word was preached they believed and as they believed they were immediately filled with the spirit and peter knew that they were filled with the spirit because he heard them be speaking with tongues acts chapter 2 when the spirit was poured out he heard them all speaking in tongues in acts chapter 8 
when they were laying hands on people and, and filling them with the Spirit. There was a man by the name of Simon the sorcerer. He saw something happening to them, and he said, I want to purchase this. And of course, he was rebuked, but what did he see? He saw that the Spirit fell, and they were, they, they were speaking in tongues. So there was this connection that he saw, and he said, you know what? They got baptized in the Spirit the same way we got baptized in the Spirit in the book of Acts, the same Holy Spirit that came upon the people, the same Holy Spirit that anointed Jesus, the same Holy Spirit that anointed the apostles came upon them. Why? So they could go out and they could win souls. They could go out and do the works that Jesus did with signs following. These people, these believers were now given a new purpose and a new plan and they needed the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And when you go out into this world, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be difficult and, and God's going to put some things on your heart that you're going to want to, that you're going to want to do for him. And, and you're going to feel like Moses did when, you know, God called him and said, you know, I'm going to send you to preach to the Pharaoh and, and I'm going to have you and you're going to tell him to, to let my people go and he's going to let them go. And, and Moses is like, I, I don't know if I can do that. I stutter. I can't even speak. What did God say? He revealed himself as the great I am. And so when you're going to do what God called you to do, you remember that he is the great I am. He's not the great I was. He's not the one who used to heal. He's not the one who used to save. He's not the one who used to set the captives free. He's not the great I was. He is the great I am. And whatever you need, God says, I am. If you're walking in, in the Holy Spirit and you're walking the way that he told you to go, he's going to supply everything you need because he is the great I am. He could say that I am your supply for everything you need. I am your healing. I am your mouth. I'll put words in your mouth. I am your doctor. I am your lawyer. I am whatever you need to be. And listen, that is the anointing, the empowering to do whatever God called you to do. Again, you didn't just get saved so you can sit around and go to heaven. That you can sit around and that you can suffer on earth and live this life and, and just struggle your whole life and always be miserable and always be down and, and be defeated and be sick all the time and never have enough money. But one day you'll be walking them streets of gold. That's not what Jesus said. I have come that you would have life and you would have it more abundantly. Listen, we're all going to have abundant life when we get to heaven. He was talking about right now. And the empowerment to live that kind of life is the anointing. And the way that we become anointed is to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Because remember, the anointing is empowerment to do what God called you to do. It's not for you to put on a show for people. It's not so that you can have a big name. It's so that you can live the life that God called you to live, that you can accomplish all the things that God called you to accomplish, that you can step out in faith and believe that through the anointing of the Holy Spirit that God will supply you with everything you need. Do not limit yourself to 
what you think you can accomplish in your own strength. That's the biggest mistake you can make. Because if you can accomplish it in your own strength, you get the glory. God wants to take somebody who the world would never suspect would ever accomplish anything great, and he wants to put his spirit on them, and he wants to raise them up in a high place so that somebody can say, you know what, that had to be God. Because I knew that dude back in the day. And I knew he wouldn't be up there preaching. And I knew that, that he couldn't be doing this in his own strength. Because my Bible says that God can do exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever dream of or imagine. But we stop short every time. But if you would just begin to take those steps of faith and do the things that, that God had called you to do, then you will experience the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And in times past, there's been great men and great women of God, right, who's, who've made a huge difference. And we look back on their lives, you know. We, we look back on the lives of, you know, Amy Semple McPherson and, and Billy Graham and all these people that were, you know, used so, so powerfully by God. And, and, we, and what happens is, like, at that time, they would begin, they would, huge crowds would go and people would speak to them and, and people would follow what they do. But I believe that God wants to do something different in this season. I believe that he, he's done with kind of the days of the superstar, rock star pastors, even though I look like a rock star with my yellow pants. But I believe that, that, that he's done with that, that that's not what he wants to do. He doesn't want to have just a few superstar preachers and pastors. He wants to raise up an army of people who are anointed with the Holy Spirit that are, that, that's an army that's ready to go out and, and preach the kingdom of God and, and push the devil back to where he belongs and bring in the end time harvest like the world has never seen. Hallelujah. That's where we're going. That's where we're going. And the anointing will take you there. The anointing the power of God to achieve what God has called you to do. And we, we, we get it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that anointing is not just for superstar preachers. That anointing is for you. Amen? If we could just bow our heads just for a moment. I just want us to take a break and just kind of get quiet but before the Lord. And Trey, if you can go ahead and come up and... Kind of just set an atmosphere. I know you're kind of one-man band today doing 80 different things. But right now, we're just, we're just going to focus on the Lord. I just want you to kind of just get quiet before the Lord. Just really sense that spirit that's inside of you. You're not just flesh and blood. Same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is inside of you. He's your comforter. He's your advocate. He wants to empower you. He wants to be your best friend. Thank you, Lord. Just ask him, Lord, what would you have me do what, what is my purpose? What have, what have you put me on this earth to do?
just pray right now just, just for a fresh anointing, just a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit right now in this room. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would give us boldness pray that you would give us boldness, that we would be bold to, to declare the good news, the gospel message. You would give us a boldness that we might stretch forth our hands and you would do signs, wonders, and miracles. Lord, I pray that you would give us a gift of faith to take steps that maybe we're scared to take. sorry for those times when we doubt when we get anxiety when we get scared Lord we know that you're with us that you're not leaving us orphans thank you Jesus thank you Holy Spirit come fill this room fill this room yes Lord intentionally not rushing this moment. Let's not rush. We'll be out of here in a couple minutes. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Just kind of sense some things you never sensed before. Just taking us to deeper places. Lord, we want to do what you want us to do. We want to have what you want us to have. We want to be what you want us to be. Lord, I thank you for my brothers and sisters in this room. Thank you for their gifts and their talents. Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to speak to them. Lord, I pray that there would be gifts of the Holy Spirit that would come out in their lives. Lord, I pray that you would show them things that there is no way that they would know in the natural. Lord, that you would give them even prophetic gifts to see things in the future. Lord, give us the, the ability to hear your voice in a clearer way. Lord, I pray that you would give us the, 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 the faith to grab a hold of everything that you accomplished on that cross. No more playing games. We're going from faith to faith to glory to glory. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you guys want to stand to your feet.
hopefully the Holy Spirit spoke some things to you. And you put yourself in a blessable place by being here tonight. God is good. And the best days are yet to come. I feel that. I know it. And as much as I was preaching this message to you guys, I'm preaching it to myself. There's some things that I want to accomplish, some things that I want to see happen in this church. And it's like the more I reach out, sometimes it's like there's that still small voice saying, man, it's too much for you. You're not going to make it. You did it this time. You bit off more than you can chew. You can't manage all this. You're going to fail. That's nothing but the enemy. It's nothing but the voice of the enemy. I've trusted God with my life over these past uh, Ever since I got saved, but really since I went into the ministry, I just went, I just went headlong into it. And I had some times that I thought I wasn't going to make it. There were some times where I literally sat in my car and cried like a big old baby. As tough as I try to act sometimes, you know, there was just times where I was so overwhelmed and I felt like, there's no way that I could do that. If you've ever felt that, it's okay. We all feel overwhelmed, but just know it's a lie of the enemy because there's one inside of you that's gonna get you through it. And sometimes he just wants to wait until there's no hope in the flesh to solve that thing so that he gets some glory. And our part is to not freak out to not lose your head, but you just stay in prayer and you remember the times that God got you through stuff. When you thought you weren't gonna make it, when you thought your kids weren't gonna make it, when you, when, when you thought that your family was gonna fall apart and God put it back together, when you thought that you were gonna wind up on the street because you couldn't pay your bills, you know, when you lost your job and you thought that you were never going to get another job and you ended up getting a better job that you were happier at. All those things in your life, put a catalog for them. And don't allow the devil to have free range in your head to tell you that you're not good enough, to tell you that, that you did a bad job, to tell you that you blew it, that you made a mistake that's too, too big and you're never going to be able to get back from it. Can I tell you something? That is nothing but the voice of the enemy. There's nothing that you've done that God can't put back together. And it's not that even he wants to take you back to, to, to stuff and, and restore it. He wants to take you somewhere greater. And maybe there's things that uh, you happen, happened in your life that you've lost or people that walked out on you. And the only reason that that happened is because God had greater things. And not everybody can go where God is taking you. But we know what God's word says. I know the plans for you, says the Lord. Plans for a hope and a future. Plans for good and not for evil. That's the God we serve. Amen? Amen. Amen. You just want to reach your hands to heaven. Lord, I thank you for tonight. Lord, I pray that you would just bless each and every person in here. 
that you would bless their lives, Lord. I pray a hedge of protection around their homes, their families. Lord, I pray that they would walk in a, in a place of abundance. Lord, I pray that they would walk in a place of, of supernatural health. Lord, I pray that they would walk in a supernatural faith. I thank you. I give you honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This service is dismissed. Feel free to hang out. Feel free to worship. If you want to sit down and pray, whatever you want to do. But God bless you. Love you guys.
could I breathe without you? How could I breathe without you? How could I breathe, breathe, breathe? I want more. It's your love never fails, it never gives up, never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up, it never runs out on me. Your love never fails, it never gives up. It never runs out on me. Your love never fails. It never gives up. It never runs out on me. It never, it never, it never, it never runs dry. It never, it never, it never, it never runs dry. You will. Your well is full of living water. Your well, your well is full of living water. 